The Red Maryland Network is proud to present National Conservative Radio Personality, Rob Carson. Support Rob on Patreon and check out his line of conservatees. And now, here's Rob. It's the Rob Carson Show. Are you ready to be pod smacked? Now, here's Rob Carson. Hello and welcome to uh, episode number 194 of the Rob Carson Show podcast. If you are listening on iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, TuneIn, Audioboom, SoundCloud, uh, all those other services, uh, I'm there. It's 194. Uh, if you are uh, looking for it in audio version, there you go. Also on the Podcast Radio Network, podcastradionetwork.com, every weekday night, 5 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And on, of course, Liberty One TV. Hold on. Yeah, Liberty One TV right here. Uh, Liberty One TV, of course, the uh, the video podcast network featuring patriots around the country adding new talent every day. Some big surprises actually coming, but you won't know that until you become a member. LibertyOneTV.com, LibertyOneTV.com. It's only 33 cents a day, 33 cents a day, ladies and gentlemen. That is uh, $10 a month, $99 a year. And more people are signing up every single day. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Terry Littlepage, the creator of this glorious network, for having me as a part of it. Also, if you get a chance to check out tpublic.com slash user slash conservatees, I have a host of uh, politically incorrect designs that are available on T-shirts, that are available on uh, hats, they are available on uh, mugs, stickers like... Murderous commie douchebag, not a hero, the Che Guevara shirt, very popular. Um, proud climate change denier, there you go. Russia, Russia, Russia with Jan Brady. Sometimes war is the answer. <clears throat> we got a bunch of new stuff featuring the NFL, uh, stand for the anthem kind of stuff. You'll like that. Um, you can't coexist when someone to kill you featuring the coexist bumper sticker that has religious symbols, and, of course, veganism is an eating disorder. All of those are available in full color. These are high-quality things, and they look great, by the way. They look great. Um, and they are, again, available in my hair. I'm messing with my hair here. Uh, available at teepublic.com slash user slash conservatees, T-E-E-S. All right, check those out. Now, much to get to on the radio slash video program today. I want to get into uh, Bill O'Reilly. I'm not an O'Reilly defender. I'm not a Fox News defender. I really despise both of them at this point, although I do watch Fox News, and I do enjoy me some, uh, you know, uh, uh, the five. I, I, I like outnumbered. Um, I like the morning show. All these. I, I like the 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 take on the day's events from Fox News, but I'm not going to defend Bill O'Reilly being a sexual harassing a-hole, which he was $45 million paid by this douchebag, Bill O'Reilly, blowhard, douchebag, idiot, a-hole. I'm going to get into that in a minute, but, you know, honestly, I'm not afraid to uh, call people out when they're wrong. And Fox News, I'm not going to defend you for your culture of depravity, uh, childish fraternity culture that you had. Not going to go there. Not going to go there. And Bill O'Reilly, I always thought you were a douchebag. Now I have real evidence that you are a douchebag. Wow, the food stamp rolls are dropping off. 1.5 million, Amer million Americans dropped off food stamps since Donald Trump became president. The SNAP program. I won't get into the uh, numbers extensively because it's confusing. But from May to July alone, nearly 400,000 Americans got off food stamps. There you go. Make America great again. Listen, free groceries are great. Don't get me wrong. But government assistance is not fun for most people. If you have to go there, it's bad. 
it's a bad scene. People are getting along much better with this president as the president. The last president, we had uh, 45 million, I believe, more people in poverty. The food stamp program went through the ceiling. And that's fine with Democrats because that means votes. (laughs) That means votes. Bill O'Reilly has repeatedly blamed reports of sexual misconduct on a politically motivated media. On Monday, he admitted that he also blames God. Quote, you know, am I mad at God? Yeah, I'm mad at him. O'Reilly said in his latest episode of his web series, No Spin News. I wish I had more protection. I wish this stuff didn't happen. I can't explain it to you. Yeah, I'm mad at him. Bill, you're a dick. All right, M- Bill, you're a dick, okay? You you, you, uh, you sexually harassed women. You did it, all right? You're an a-hole. You were part of Roger Ailes' culture. And you know what? I'm not going to defend Roger Ailes either. He's dead. I talked to Roger Ailes in the early 90s when I was writing for Rush Limbaugh. I love Rush, and Rush is a good guy. But uh, I'm not going to defend Roger Ailes. And if you look, just look at Fox News. <laughs> if you look at Fox News um, six months ago versus today, Andrea Tanteros, Juliet Huddy, uh, all sort. I mean, short skirts. Do you ever watch The Five? Do you ever watch Outnumbered? Outnumbered should be called uh, Eight Legs and a Dude. Uh, come on, guys. Give me an effing break. Fox News was very sexual. <clears throat> Fox News was very, very, very sexual. Listen, I like gorgeous women delivering the news. I, I, I love them. I love seeing new, uh, you know, uh, short skirts. It's great. But to say that that the sexual culture didn't exist at Fox News and it was sponsored by Roger Ailes, uh, you're high, right? It existed. I remember watching Juliet Huddy. She actually worked as an intern at a radio station I worked at in the early 90s, Columbia, Missouri. She disappeared. Andrea Tanderos. Well, they're gone. Why? Why did they disappear? Because they were harassed and paid off. <sighs> O'Reilly said he derives perspective from the tribulations of others, including Kate Steinley, a woman who's allegedly shot by an undocumented immigrant who has been the subject of O'Reilly commentaries. He emphatically denied the claims, claiming, uh, insisting that his wealth and fame made him a target for accusations. You don't pay $45 billion if people are just going after you because of your fame and wealth. You're a pig. <clears throat> Quote from Mill Riley If I die tomorrow and I get an opportunity, I'll say, Why did you guys work me over like that? Didn't you know my children were going to be punished and they're innocent? But then I think about people who have it much, much rougher than me. And, you know, I'm a big mouth. I'm a target. They're not targets. He went on uh, <clears throat> on a uh, radio host uh, show hosted by Glenn Beck, who vouched for O'Reilly's character. Glenn Beck is a psycho who needs to up his meds. Not gonna, I'm not going to defend Glenn effing Beck either. He's a psycho. John Huddy fired from his position at Fox News on Monday morning. He was fired about the same time his sister Juliet Huddy came on the Today Show. Juliet Huddy came on the same show with Megyn Kelly to discuss her uh, settled sexual harassment allegations against Bill O'Reilly. During the show, Juliet revealed that O'Reilly settled with her for an undisclosed amount of money in return for a non-disclosure agreement. And nearly immediately after the interview, it was it was announced that John Huddy had lost his job. He worked as a foreign correspondent based in Jerusalem since 2014. Uh, that's apparently what happened. The network's 
investigation concluded last week and due to observation of the Sabbath on Friday, terminated Huddy's employment this morning. Apparently he worked as a correspondent in Jerusalem. Apparently it comes following a thorough investigation into a physical altercation earlier this month. Uh, Whatever. Fox, Fox, Fox. I'm very disappointed in you, Fox. I really am disappointed in you. And I got to tell you, uh, as I have with so many terrestrial radio networks, I am willing to also say, uh, screw you to terrestrial TV networks like Fox News if they're going to pull this crap. I don't like Megyn Kelly. I think she's insufferable. I really do. And uh, her show's terrible, her new show. She's not a likable person. Fine. But on her show last week, she talked about some of the issues with Fox News, and, and and I believe her to be credible. Here she is. Riley calls the Times reports a malicious smear, claiming that no woman in 20 years ever complained to human resources or legal about him. Maybe that is true. Fox News was not exactly a friendly environment for harassment victims who wanted to report, in my experience. However, O'Reilly's suggestion that no one ever complained about his behavior is false. I know because I complained. It was November of 2016, the day my memoir was released. In it, I included a chapter on Ailes and the sexual harassment scandal at Fox News, something the Murdochs knew I was doing and, to their credit, approved. O'Reilly happened to be on CBS News that morning. They asked him about my book and about Ailes, who by this time had been forced out in disgrace. O'Reilly's response? I'm not that interested in this. No? No, I mean, it's all... Sexual harassment? You're not interested in sexual harassment? I'm not interested in, basically litigating something that is finished that makes my network look bad okay i'm not interested makes his network look bad doesn't mention himself in making my network look bad at all that doesn't interest me one bit i don't give a shite what interests you 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 slack-jawed douchebag a little more from megan kelly I did something that day I've never done before. I wrote an email to the co-presidents of Fox News, Bill Shine and Jack Abernathy. An email I have never made public, but I'm sharing now because I think it speaks volumes about powerful men and the roadblocks one can face in taking them on. I wrote in part, perhaps he didn't realize the kind of message his criticism sends to young women across this country about how men continue to view the issue of speaking out about sexual harassment. Perhaps he didn't realize that his exact attitude of shaming women into shutting the hell up about harassment on grounds that it will disgrace the company is in part how Fox News got into the decade-long Ailes mess to begin with. Perhaps it's his own history of harassment of women, which has, as you both know, resulted in payouts to more than one woman, including recently, (laughs) that blinded him to the folly of saying anything other than, I am just so sorry for the women of this company who never should have had to go through that. Um, it's fairly obvious. It's fairly obvious. I mean, Fox News, and I always liked Fox News. I like to watch the gorgeous woman of Fox News. MSNBC is the opposite of that. (laughs) But I always felt that way. Juliet Huddy was uh, uh, just eye candy. And I'm not saying she's not talented. Andrea Tanteros, very smart woman. I've got her book upstairs, which features her with her arms tied above her head. It's a sexually provocative book. They always put the beautiful women on either side. When it comes to the five, they always put the beautiful women surrounding the guys on Outnumbered. And come on, man. (laughs) I mean, Fox News is sexualized news, all right? And I, I, I didn't mind that. You let women use their sexuality for power. Hell yeah. But abusing women. And Bill O'Reilly abused women. Roger Ailes. 
I don't I don't I don't have anything to fear from Roger Ailes anymore. He's dead. But Roger Ailes fostered this environment at Fox News. It existed, it was paid out. And I will not defend Fox News and I never liked Bill O'Reilly. I think he's a douche. He's a big, flaming, slack-jawed, pelican, flappy, skin-chinned, if that's what you call it, douchebag. I don't like him. A little more from Megyn Kelly, folks. Bill Shine called me in response to my email promising to deal with O'Reilly. By 8 p.m. that night, O'Reilly had apparently been dealt with. And by that, I mean sure. he was permitted with management's advance notice and blessing to go on the air and attack the company's harassment victims yet again. If somebody is paying you a wage, you owe that person or company allegiance. If you don't like what's happening in the workplace, go to Human Resources or leave. I've done that. You're a dick. And then take the action you need to take afterward if you feel aggrieved. There are labor laws in this country. But don't run down the concern that supports you by trying to undermine it. Bill O'Reilly had a position of power. Like Harvey Weinstein, he had a uh, a position of power like Harvey Weinstein. And I'm sure he used it many times. One more comment from Megyn Kelly. This is not unique to Fox News. Women everywhere are used to being dismissed, ignored, or attacked when raising complaints about men in authority positions. I thought we went through this. I mean... Pardon me, I, I don't sexually harass. Uh, I, I just never had that power sexually. <laughs> but but, but I, I've never I've never sexually harassed. I I I I don't I, I don't understand it. Uh, I love the women in my life too much to to do that to someone. But I thought this was all taken care of with the Anita Hill Clarence Thomas uh, when he was being. Grilled to be Supreme Court justice, and he made some lewd comments. I, I, I really thought that was the end of sexual harassment. I obviously was wrong. They stay silent yeah. so often out of fear, fear of ending their careers, fear yep. of lawyers, yes, and often fear of public shaming, including through the media. At Fox News, the media relations chief, Irina Briganti, is known for her vindictiveness. To this day, she pushes negative articles on certain Ailes accusers, like the one you are looking at right now. Uh Uh-oh. It gives me no pleasure to report such news about my former employer, which has absolutely made some reforms since all of this went down. But this must stop. The abuse of women, the shaming of them, the threatening, the retaliation, the silencing of them after the fact, it has to stop. As much as not standing for the national anthem has made me not want to watch the NFL, this makes me want to say F Fox. As much as we talked about uh, uh, everybody knew in Hollywood, everybody knew in Washington, D.C. about Harvey Weinstein. You tell me that everybody didn't know at Fox News what was going on. And I I love Brian Kilmeade. And I love a lot of people on that network. I really do. Greg Gutfeld, I love him. I know people at Fox News. But I think a lot of people knew a lot of shit at Fox News. And I'm just disappointed. I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I really am. I like watching Fox News. I, 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 I do. Although not, I, not, not as much lately. I mean, there are a million other ways to get your news. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I search constantly. I have web, countless websites, countless websites. But uh, I don't know. I'm just disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed. Roger Rails. Um, 
Seems he was kind of a pig. It was a throwback. Uh, he's not here to defend himself, but at the same time, I think he's kind of a uh, a pig. And he, and he fostered this kind of attitude with regard to women. So whatever. Take it for what it's worth, folks. If you disagree, you can write me, Carson, on the radio at gmail.com. Um, did I mention you need to become a member? LibertyOneTV.com, right up there. Liberty One, see it right there, right in your Liberty One. If you are watching me on Liberty One TV, uh, become a member, okay? It's only $33 or 33 cents a day, $10 a month, $99. Sorry, I screwed up. $10 a month, $99 a year. We are adding some new talent, including some major talk talent, nationally syndicated talk talent, who happens to be a friend of mine. He's going to be joining very shortly. So I hope you will, uh, you will become a member because it pays our bills. Uh, Jesse Jackson is a uh, barely understandable orator. <laughs> Jesse Jackson, dear God in heaven. Jesse Jackson rode the coattails of Martin Luther King Jr. and has been riding them ever since. He's an imbecile. Uh, he's known as this great orator, and he's not. He can barely, you can barely understand. And yes, I'll call out Jesse Jackson for his um, a hair lip. Anyway, he was uh, talking to uh, Fox Sports One's Undisputed. Talking about the national anthem protests, and he's always on the wrong side of history. Here he is talking a little bit about, and this just gets so good. Listen to Jesse effing Jackson, race baiter in chief about the NFL protests. Well, uh, how much impact do you think the protests have had so far? It has raised the consciousness about a lot of issues, for mm. example. Does he have meat in his mouth when he talks? Does he, is there... <laughs> the real ownership of the league oh, no, does not that. reflect national oh, IQ. That. It says a lot about the social strata. Oh, the, the song itself has great meaning to us, the national anthem, but it's written by... <laughs> he said, I think national anthem. Go ahead. A, a, a slave owner, <laughs> Francis Scott Key. Yeah. And they never sing the third verse. Uh, no refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror of flight and the gloom of the grave. That's in, that's in that same song. Mm. Uh, and it never was about the flag. That is, that's Mr. Trump's issue. This guy, the issue was about. Let's get that guy a glass of water. I mean, something there. Just, he's got the little, 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 and, and it sounds very dry. Racial disparities. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the issue had to do with uh, Rodney King beat near the death and the four police who beat him walk free. Uh, uh, Trayvon Martin killed and the killer walked free. He, he was talking about Trayvon Martin who attacked George Zimmerman because he thought George Zimmerman was trying to pick him up because he's gay. Thought you should know. Uh, Diallo killing New York and police walked free. I don't even know what he said there. I think he said something about a pasta dish. Hear that again. Hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, Trayvon Martin killed and the killer walked got free. Got that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Diallo killing New York and police walked free. Yeah, that is that is that's a pasta dish. I'm going to try that. And so we knelt before the flag. He didn't desecrate the flag. He didn't try to burn the flag. He didn't yeah. put up a Confederate flag, which is an anti-American flag. Uh, my father had to sit behind Nazi prisoners of war on American military bases. He had to sit behind the, the Nazis on American military bases with the flag flying. The flag. And this is not about the flag. We honor the flag, but the flag must represent all of us, and oftentimes it does not. Okay. Might have been talking about pasta at the end there. I'm not not sure. Here's a little bit more <laughs> from <laughs> Colin Kaepernick took a stand. Yes. Not sure he realized he was risking his job, but it appears he has lost his job. What has he meant to you? as sort of the face of this movement within the National Football League. In the same tradition of Muhammad Ali, who changed his name. In the first yeah, not in the same tradition of Muhammad Ali. These guys are paid a hell of a lot of money. Uh, Muhammad Ali, it was a completely different time. He was protesting the Vietnam War. From his religious position against the war, yeah, but he took his title. He said, you can yeah. have the title, but you can't have the championship, because yeah. I won that. You cannot sell me. Mm -mm. All free agents around the world owe their 
owe their wages and their and their benefits to Kurt Flood, who paid the price of rebelling against the system of oppression. And it is oppressive. To go from picking cotton balls to picking footballs and basketballs without freedom is Did you hear that? That is the most insulting effing thing I've ever heard in my life. You are again discounting the suffering of generations of people in bondage for high-paid athletes who have multi-million dollar contracts, have uh, shoes made by Nike with their names on them. This is just sickening. And it is oppressive to go from picking cotton balls to picking footballs and bats. You are such an asshole. Why would you say that? Honestly, Jesse Jackson, just this is why you're so irrelevant. This is why you banged, you know, you banged your uh, office assistant. You have a, an illegitimate son. You, you are a hypocritical a-hole. You've always lived by a different standard than that you preached. Oh, this man is sickening. Basketballs without freedom is not very much progress. It's just a little out of the mood. And what strikes me is that in football, the reason why so many guys are standing, when the president says, fire them, uh, and we're talking about sons of bitches. These boys are not sons of bitches. They're sons of mothers who produce oh. champions. They're not sons of bitches. They're sons of mothers who produce champions. That's, that's You're a father. Never mind. They really are. And he comes that strong, and the president comes that strong. These guys have no guaranteed contracts. Unlike basketball or baseball, there are no guaranteed contracts. So you stand today. Um, I hate to tell you this. Most American workers don't have contracts. All right? I've signed contracts. You got to be a really big deal to get a contract that if they cut you, they have to pay you anyway. Bill O'Reilly. Been there before, Jesse. Dear God, to compare that, well, you know, these are contracts that you can be cut to slavery. You are such a sellout SOB. Guys have no guaranteed contracts. Unlike basketball or baseball, there are no guaranteed contracts. So you stand today, but you don't play tomorrow. That's workplace harassment. That's illegal. That's workplace harassment. That's illegal. I honestly don't even know. I just don't even know what to say. Jesse Jackson, I mean, on it's full circle, just, I, wow. I mean, he's so out of touch with, with uh, the average person, white or black, white or black. Dear God in heaven. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know where you are in your life, but, oh, man. Don't even know. I mean, honestly, picking cotton to picking footballs. <laughs> I, would, I would pick cotton all damn day if I could make $5 million a year. I mean, come on, man. All right. Matt Damon and George Clooney were on Good Morning America yesterday talking about Harvey Weinstein. Matt said he always knew Weinstein was a bully, but he didn't know about the criminal accusations. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say bullshit on that. <laughs> Here's a little bit from Matt Damon. You had to spend about five minutes with him to know that he was a bully. He was intimidating. That yeah. was his. That was his legend. That was his whole kind of mo. Like you, you know, could you survive a meeting with Harvey? Could you survive? Could you stand up for yourself with Harvey? So when people say like everybody knew, like yeah, I knew. I knew he was. He was proud of that. You know what I mean? He, that's how he carried himself. And I knew he was a... A-hole was the word they believed. A, a womanizer. You know, I wouldn't want to be married to the guy. But this level of criminal sexual predation is not something that I ever thought... Predation? Predation? ...thought was going, that a word? going on. Absolutely not. I knew the story about Gwyneth from Ben because he was with her after Brad. If there was ever an event... She was with Ben after Brad. At, okay, um, okay or something that I was at in public with Harvey, <laughs> and he was doing this kind of thing. Um, they pass him around, you know. And I missed it, and, and there's some woman who was somehow assaulted, and 
you know, it was at the Golden Globes or something like that, and I somehow missed it, then I'm sorry. Yeah, I whatever. About five minutes you know what? to know that he was a bully. Yeah, yeah I, I don't believe you. Okay. Here's, here's George Clooney talking about uh, Harvey Weinstein. Harvey would talk to me about <laughs> Shut uh, up, you ass. women that he'd had affairs with. I didn't necessarily. I'm sure you high-fived him and all that stuff. I believe you were grabbing P words. Quite honestly, because <laughs> to believe it would be to believe wow. kind of the worst of some actresses who were friends of mine. The idea that this predator, this assaulter, was out there silencing I don't believe you. Like that? It's beyond infuriating. There has Whatever. to be a comeuppance for all of this. I don't believe you. <laughs> I think you all knew it, and I think you were high-fiving each other. Uh, I, I really I really believe that. I think uh, Hollywood is a giant pussy party. Okay, I'll just go ahead and say it. I, you know, I usually don't use that language, but that's what it reminds me of. That's what Hollywood is all about. It's about getting much as much ass as you can. I have a feeling that all of these guys did the same thing. Whatever. Snoop Dogg. I'd like to like Snoop Dogg. I really would. I kind of like him. Calvin brought his junior. Put together a new uh, video called Make America Crip Again. Crip, of course, you know, gangs. Crips and Bloods. Uh, this is the early 90s. This is uh, the Crips and the Bloods. They're the big... Uh, <clears throat> gangs, uh, particularly in L.A. This guy is so separated from the hood. I mean, it's not even funny, this guy. <laughs> this guy does a show with Martha Stewart, okay? All right. Calvin Broaddus Jr., hey, pretty much, he's not, the, not near the hood anymore. And then he's bringing up Crips again. I don't know if Crips are still around. Maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> but he's got a new song out. <laughs> I love this. This multi-multi-millionaire drives Bentleys. Oh, this show with Martha Stewart. He's got a new video out called uh, Make America Crip Again. One of the lines, F that ash S. We're going to make America Crip again. <laughs> Just honestly. Snoop Dogg, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a little bit from his new song about making, making America Crip again. Yeah. Word. Yo. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're 50 years old. I mean, maybe maybe it's time to move on. Maybe turn over things to a new generation who can uh, uh, smack that bitch up and uh, shh, drink 40s. I, I, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. I don't think Auto Tune was around in nineteen ninety two. I could be wrong. Don't you look strange having all that power, but you won't make change. But don't trip weak. Listen tonight because I'm gonna make guacamole with Martha Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Maybe make a nice tort, a fruit tort. Yeah. If I do a count, I'm sure we got more guns than you. Now just imagine if we stop shooting our own kind. I'm a crip with no crip, like apple crip. You make apple crisp or crisp. Okay. Yeah, you know, you just you just need to just cook with Martha Stewart at this point. Uh, you know. Mm. Again. I think a lot of Crips working for the Food Network. I could be wrong. Um, I'll have to check that out. I, I don't think there are a lot of Crips working for the Food Network. What a douche. Men are taking toxic masculinity classes. 
this is this is the new thing, right? I mean, masculinity is toxic. I am so effing proud of my masculinity. And yes, I do all the cooking and the grocery shopping, and I have cooking videos on the net. But I, but I, I, I love being a guy. Uh, <laughs> I really love being. And this doesn't mean being a pig bastard like Bill O'Reilly. This this means I like being a dude. All right, I like power tools. I like I like building crap. All right, there's nothing wrong with masculinity. I want my son to be masculine. If he decides he wants to be feminine, I, there's nothing I can do about it. I don't give a crap. <sighs> this is an article I read about, uh, I think this is, might be New York Times. For some time, Stephen Hicks had felt like something was off. My relationship ended. Then a lot of things started collapsing in front of me. He began attending therapy because he needs to be medicated, uh, which made him realize that he needed to make a bigger change. Quote, I wasn't doing really terrible things, but I also wasn't being the most ideal Stefan. Stefan. Said of Stephen, it's Stefan. I could be. Said the bar is really lowered for cisgendered guys. <laughs> If you're, if you're a dude and you like women, you are cisgendered. Oh, God, this is so good. You, you know, if you call yourself cisgendered, cut your penis off and send it to somebody. So earlier this year, Hicks signed up for a pilot rethink masculinity class. <laughs> A partnership between the Washington D.C. Rape Crisis Center. Because if you're a man, you're—I mean, you're rape. I mean, right? I mean, if you're—if you are—if you are masculine, you rape. I mean, you know, I get up in the morning, I—I I have a latte, and I start my raping. Just get rapey, 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 rape. I'm like, who can I rape today? Because I'm masculine. Because <laughs> it's toxic. I laugh, but this is this is serious shite, okay? So he goes to this class, Collective Action for Safe Spaces and Rethink, an organization that works to prevent sexual assault. Oh, God in heaven. You know, just cut your dick off. Uh, the program builds itself as a class where men learn how social constructs of masculinity harm them. And the people around them and work to construct healthier masculinities. Or as Hicks puts it, it was eight weeks of guys discussing how they can address their actions with better self-awareness and less toxicity. Oh, shut your damned mouth, you you wuss bucket. <laughs> Dear God, we spoke of emotional labor, consent, violence, communications, empathy, and vulnerability. I think they had some sort of vote of candles in there. They might have been pumpkin spice. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's noting that the last subject in particular was a struggle for him, and that was I, I was trained and conditioned to be growing up, uh, to, to be tough growing up. Well, you obviously failed at that. The Rethink program is the latest in a growing number of courses targeted toward people who identify as men. I, I do. I have a penis. Hold on a second. Let me just recheck real quick. I think my, my, my wife might have taken it this morning. It's there. It's it's still there. Um, <laughs> men, men who identify as men, including the men's project at the University of Wisconsin, Masculinity 101 at Brown and the Duke's men's project at Duke. The goal proponents say is to help men examine their own biases and behaviors in order to cut down the misogyny and gender based violence. Oh, Jesus, God in heaven. <clears throat> I just I don't even know what to say. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. Please share this online. Please share this podcast online with people that you know, because this is just shut the F up. Men can be men, and it's okay. Oh, dear God in heaven. There's no doubt that the problems these classes aim to tackle are per pervasive cases. A reality that's been made especially painful and clear of recent days and weeks is the Harvey Weinstein resolutions. <laughs> have pushed discussions of sexual assault and harassment to the forefront. No, you know, most men don't do this. They just don't. Eric Mankowski, associate uh, chair of the psychology department at Portland State University, 
And he also is the head of the school's gender and violence intervention research team, says it's a promising approach. But we don't know whether they prevent sexual violence because none of the guys who would do sexually violent things are a member of your stupid-ass class. Some studies show promising effects on attitudes and behavior and intentions, but a single class is likely to undo years of socialization and toxic masculinity. Masculinity is not toxic. Masculinity won wars, uh, might have started wars. Masculinity ended wars. Masculinity got us to the moon. Masculinity builds buildings. Masculinity built America. Uh, I'm not saying that women did have a gigantic part in it, but by God in heaven, there is nothing wrong with being a man. There is nothing wrong with being a man, with being masculine, with being strong, with being a father, with being a brother, with going to war. There's nothing effing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with being masculine. Although occasionally I love a nice hazelnut latte in the morning. Just so gosh darn stupid. This idiot professor, Eric Mankowski, has taught a course called uh, Psychology of Men and Masculinities, which he says deconstructs how masculinity is socialized in a performative mask rather than biological imperative. What a just a gotcha. Mental masturbation. In the faculty lounge, he argues the concept of toxic masculinity as four main components. Suppression of anything stereotypically feminine. Suppression of emotions related to vulnerability like fear, sadness, and helpfulness. Male domination over women and other men. And and aggression. I'm not done with this article. I can't take it anymore. What about toxic femininity? I mean, honestly, my wife uh, constantly, I can't watch TV at night. I've got to watch HGTV. That's toxic femininity. I can't, as a man, have control of the remote control. I've got to watch Property Brothers. That is toxic femininity, and I am a victim of it. I do like Fixer Upper, though. I, I Sorry, I'm shipping Joanna. They're just, I mean, I just love them. I mean, gosh, won't they? But I, they're a little, little... Obsessed with uh, shiplap and subway tile. Kind of tired of that. Okay, let's move. (laughs) Wow. Uh, A SUNY, S-U-N-Y, I don't know what that is, Janesco professor attempted to inject some humor into a sociology lesson about gender issues with a couple of jokes about transgender people. <laughs> you can't joke about transgender people. You will lose your ass. You will you will be fired. <laughs> so he decided he'd do this bit, which I think is funny as hell. Uh, he put up he put up <laughs> a picture on Twitter that said um uh female or shemale. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are a lot of very attractive transsexual women out there. I mean, RuPaul, you know, who hasn't looked at that and went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the title was followed by several photos for students to identify. The title of the quiz may have been a play on the segment of the same name from RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I didn't I don't watch Drag Race. And a bunch of people want this guy fired for doing female or female. I mean, honestly, wow. You remember the crying game? How dirty did you feel? How dirty I mean, you're like, damn, that is a that is that that Jay whatever the actor, I mean, that is a uh, I would hit that. <laughs> female or female. Oh, dear God in heaven. That is so funny. Oh, we are just too damned offended by stuff. 
we're just too damn defended. I'm not going to talk about the Barstool part partnership with ESPN. I don't care. Uh, I'm not going to talk about live streaming suicide. I don't feel like it right now because we've been talking about female or she-male. Oh, yeah, my Lord. A weird word world that we live in. Let's let's do some lighter stuff. Can, can we? Would you mind doing some lighter stuff today? Uh, all right, we've already done that. Oh, this is funny. This is the uh, the part where we get into some superfluous pop culture topics. According to a new survey, majority of women say it's a turnoff if guys pay on the first date. Well, hell yeah. That's something I can get behind. If it's a turnoff for me to pay for the first date, and I haven't had a first date in a long damn time because I've been married since 1998, but, <laughs> but apparently women are very offended by the first date. By paying for the first date, hell yes. Gentlemen, you are free. <laughs> you don't have to pay for the first date anymore. God, can women just make up their damn mind what they want? What they want from us? Do you want masculinity? Is masculinity toxic? I mean, honestly, dear Lord in heaven. <sighs> Worst taste in the world. I like to, I like to cook. And I, I, when I was a kid, we ate a lot of weird crap. Because I, uh, I was born on a farm and I had Depression-era uh, parents. And so we ate every damn thing. I'll never forget. I'm going to tell you this real quick. Uh, I came home one day and our pigs were missing. We had six pigs missing. Up in our pig pen, I went up to feed them. They were gone. I went down to the house. I saw some five-gallon buckets in the kitchen with cheesecloth on them. I lifted one of them. They were the pigs' heads. My parents made head cheese. Uh, my parents split the skulls and uh, took the brains out and cooked the brains. Took the tongues out. What the hell? Seriously, how effing hungry are you? <clears throat> we dressed chickens. You think dressing chickens is fun? Like putting them in little suits? No, you cut their heads off, gut them, and feather them, and, and it's just awful. We did that every fall. 450 chickens. I had to watch it. And then... That night, my mother with her bloody apron, like uh, Leatherface from um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, would come in and serve us chicken. <laughs> Do you wonder why I'm this way? <clears throat> Worst taste in the world. I'm going to say beef liver because my, my mom and dad would buy, literally. Who the hell buys liver? Who buy? Now, listen, sherry chicken livers, delightful. But you have to marinate them, and you have to bread them, and you have to serve them with a cherry reduction sauce, and it's quite delicious. But beef liver and pig liver is god-awful, horrible, and you fry it with onions, and it sucks. It, it sucks. Worst flavors in the world, according to Gizmodo. How do you eat this? I don't get this. The secretions from a dog's anal sac? Who eats that? Black licorice, endive, natto, which is a Japanese dish made from fermented soybeans. Vegemite, never tried that, although it is popular in a song by, is it, is it Men Without Hats? No, it's, I come from the land down under a Vegemite sandwich, whatever that is. Brussels sprouts. Why is that number three? Brussels sprouts kick ass. Here's what I do with my Brussels sprouts. I uh, put olive oil, a little bacon fat. Crumbled bacon, lemon juice, salt, pepper. And they're wonderful. Walrus, walrus fat that's been buried underground for months to ferment. Apparently that's a big deal in, in Alaska. But, you know, you live in Alaska. <clears throat> Sheep's brains, apparently the worst thing you could uh, taste there. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm not going to do that. Oh, now, here, I just saw the story. New York Post reported that uh, Rikers Island's prisoners are being treated to pizza parties in an effort to laud good behavior. Domino's Pizza, 
is being given to inmates for not acting violently against one another. Uh, I said that isn't Domino's punishment enough. The uh, pizza parties began in 2014. Uh, the program was later dubbed Hug a Thug. <laughs> Hug a Thug. <laughs> the bill totaled about $400. $400 provided to 75 inmates with two slices of pizza. Ah, you know, what the hell? Give the guy some damn pizza. Jesus, God in heaven. It's not like Domino's is much of a reward. <laughs> I mean, how bad is your life that you, that you freaking... The Domino's is a reward. I mean, it's gotten better. Don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Uh, oh, I want to do this before I go. The last the last bit of the day. <clears throat> and thank you for joining me today, guys. I, I I hope you've had as much fun as I. I'm just in a good mood today. I I had my birthday yesterday, and I had ten thousand people watch my Facebook live video yesterday. Ten thousand people. If you want to follow me on Facebook, it's Rob Carson Show. Although many of you just looked up Rob Carson, which is my personal Facebook page, and you watched my video. <laughs> Fantastic. Then, of course, you can you can download my podcast on uh, if you would, if you would. And and my God in heaven, what a blessing! Uh, you guys have discovered my daily audio podcast on iTunes. Thank you. Please download that every day because if I get to twenty thousand downloads a day. I'm going to be able to pay my light bill. It's spectacular. Also, thank you to uh, Liberty One TV. Um, I got my TV lights yesterday, and I got a 4K camera yesterday. So I'm going to start even looking hotter than I do right now. I know, ladies. (laughs) Scariest horror villains of all time. Hillary Clinton. No. This is this is a new poll, and obviously we're coming in on uh, on uh, uh, Halloween coming up here, and these are some of the scariest horror movies of all time. I'm not sure who did this, Thrillist or whatever. Anyway, Freddy Krueger is number twenty. Really, <clears throat> Michael Myers, Halloween 19, uh, nineteen, Jason Voorhees, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, eighteen, Jack. From The Shining is number 17. Are you out of your nut? That should be up at the top. Pennywise from the first um, It, number 16. Candyman Daniel Rabatai from 15. Never saw it. Pinhead, yeah, from Hellraiser. Scared the shite out of me. 14. Babadook from the Babadook. I don't know what that is. Henry from Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Michael Rooker, who's been in everything from Mississippi Burning to uh, Cliffhanger to <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy. He's a freaking genius, incredible actor. I love the guy. Dracula from Dracula uh, 11. Uh, Dr. Jeff Griffin from The Invisible Man 1933. That was number 10. Really? Annie from Misery, <laughs> number 9. Oh, my God. It's funny that. I can't watch that movie. Can you watch Misery when she hobbles him with the sledgehammer? God in heaven. Norman Bates, Psycho, number eight, John Doe from seven. Yeah, that's uh, Kevin Spacey, number seven. I don't agree with all this. The Shark from Jaws, number six. <laughs> the Alien from Alien, number five. Pazuzu from The Exorcist. That's the demon that possessed Linda Blair, number four. The Thing from The Thing. The Thing from The Thing and The Thing. Number three, <laughs> Margaret White. Uh, Carrie's mom from Carrie is number two. Mm. Number one, uh, scariest horror villain of all time is Leatherface from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> anyway, guys, I hope you've enjoyed the uh, the show today. Been an honor, an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, please 